Good morning. You know it's a good song when you have people smiling, clapping, dogs barking. Man, it's happening here today, right? Glad that you are here with us. Glad you're joining us online as well. Uh, it's good to be back with you this morning. I want to thank Dennis for preaching last week. I know you're all blessed by his message. I was blessed as well. You know, for me, the great thing about having Dennis preach is when I come home, people say, why'd you come back so soon? <laughs> why'd you stay gone a couple more weeks, you know? But, uh, so yeah, it, it's good to be home. Uh, this morning, we are wrapping up this series, I Have Someone in Mind. And we've been talking about trying to get personal with some of the things that we know. We've talked about praying for people, reaching out to people, encouraging others, uh, forgiving others, accepting others. This morning, I want to try to connect some dots. I want to try to kind of put a bow on this thing. And, you know, what does all that mean practically? Oh, I always say information without transformation doesn't really accomplish much. So I hope that this sermon isn't so much an end to a series as a springboard uh, moving forward. If you've got kids, or if you can remember being a kid, you'll recognize those kinds of pictures. Those pictures with just a whole lot of dots and numbers, right? Well, I used to love that when I was a kid. Uh, just like a random display of dots. And it didn't look like there's any rhyme or reason to how the dots were on the page. And they were just kind of scattered all over. But, but you knew if you took a pencil and you found number one and you started going in the right sequence from two to three to four and you connected the dots correctly, you had a great picture, right? A picture would, would reveal itself. That's a pretty good dot to dot there, right, Mona Lisa? Well, this morning we want to connect some dots. I want to talk about what are all these things that we've been talking about, kind of, kind of what's it mean? And when we connect the dots, we get a picture. We get a picture of people, people with names, people with faces, lives that we're connected with. And we've tried to stretch ourselves a little bit in this series, move from the general to specific. And the question becomes, how do we connect those dots and shift our focus from numbers to names? How do we go from crowds to individuals? In other words, what's the end game? What are we after here? What's going to happen when we connect the dots? What's the goal? Paul wrote in Romans 10, If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. For it's with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it's with your mouth that you confess and are saved. As followers of Jesus, part of our mission is to connect people to Jesus. It's also to connect people to each other as well. But our goal is to make those connections, to connect some dots. Now, right after Paul makes that statement, he, he talks about uh, a concept that uh, I want to kind of camp out in this morning. A verse that you're familiar with, passage that you're familiar with. In fact, in Dennis's Sunday class, he's bumped up against this verse a time or two. But I want to spend a little bit of time in uh, Romans chapter 10, verses 13 through 15. 
Again, it'll sound familiar. This is what Paul says. For anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That's what the scripture means when they say, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. So how do we connect dots between just having someone in mind, someone that we're thinking about, how do we connect those names to making disciples, to making a difference in, in that person's life? How do we take the information that we know and see that result in transformation? Well, in this passage, Romans 10, 13 through 15, Paul is connecting dots. And he's actually going backwards as he does it. Paul is a really smart guy. And he is a phenomenal writer. And he begins with salvation, because everybody wants salvation. Then he says, of course, you can't be saved unless you believe. But you won't believe unless you've heard. But you won't hear unless someone tells you. And you won't... No one won't tell you unless someone is sent. So I want to start at the beginning where Paul starts. It's at the end, but remember, he's working in reverse order here. He starts at the end and works his way to to the beginning, like every brilliant writer, I guess. But Paul starts with, how can they preach unless they're sent? So the first question that I want you to think about is, will I go? Am I willing to be sent? But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? And maybe before we ask ourselves the question, will I go? I guess we ought to ask the question, should I go? Am I the one who's supposed to be sent? And what does that even mean? I mean, is that like to China? Is this like for missionaries? Remember the very last thing that Jesus said before he left this world? (laughs) He gave very clear instructions to his followers and ultimately to us as well. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything that I've commanded you. And then he makes the promise, I'm with you, to the end of the age. And if we were to unpack that verse a little bit, that great commission, that phrase, therefore go, in the Greek actually infers as you are going. Just as you're living your life. As you're going about your day. As you go, Jesus says, represent me. As you go, baptize people. As you go, teach people. As you go, make disciples. Just while you're living your life. So, I'll come back to that question. Will I go? Will I go? Because if no one goes, no one's going to hear. And if no one hears, no one's going to believe. And if no one believes, no one's going to be saved. So, Will I go? Go where? 
into all nations, right? Into all the world. Okay, so it is China in Eastern Europe, in India. Yeah, sure, they need Jesus. But you know where Jesus is sending you this week? You know where he's asking you to go? He wants you to go to work. He wants you to go back to the gym. He's sending you to Publix. And as you're going, he wants you to represent him. He wants, you to, he wants you to make sure that you understand that you have a mission. You have a message. You have a Savior who's changed your life. You know, we don't like to get out of our comfort zone very much, do we? We talk a lot about comfort zones, and I understand that better than most. I'm a guy who doesn't like change very much. You know, we like to do what we like to do the way we always do it. My kids have made fun of me for years that I have nine places that I will eat at. And if someone invites us to a restaurant that's not on Dad's list, we won't go. Which isn't exactly true. But there are places I would rather eat than others. I mean, that's why they call it a comfort zone, right? From comfortable. When I was a kid, we used to sing an old hymn that said, I'll go where you want me to go, dear Lord, over mountain or plain or sea. I'll say what you want me to say, dear Lord. I'll be what you want me to be. You've got to be pretty old to remember that song. But I used to sing that song, and I used to always think, well, that's, that's talking about kind of a universal statement. Not a personal challenge. Will I really go where you want me to go? Will I really say what you want me to say? Will I really be who you want me to be? Jim Wallace shares a story about a lawyer named Dale who lived in Tallahassee. Dale was a very successful guy, made a lot of money, financially secure. Dale started volunteering at the Good News Outreach there in Tallahassee. It's an organization that uh, feeds, I think, about 200 meals five days a week to whoever needs a meal. They're still there doing good work. But uh, let me read to you what Dale wrote. These are his words from a successful lawyer. I showed up every day in my suit and tie to volunteer from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. They assigned me to door duty. My job was to make sure that street people lined up to eat, and they did so in an orderly fashion. Every day I stood there chatting to people as they passed me in line. Before I started serving food downtown, the term street people was a meaningless term to me. It defined a group without defining anyone in particular. From the comfort of my home and my world, street people were just those who were out there somewhere. But then one day, an elderly woman named Helen came running into the kitchen. A man was chasing her, threatened to, threatening to kill her because she wouldn't give him back his dollar. After 20 minutes of mediation, I brought peace to the situation by giving her a dollar and him a dollar. That evening, I happened to be standing on the corner of Park and Monroe, and in the fading light, I noticed a lonely figure struggling up my direction from Tennessee Street. Poor street person, I thought, as the person came closer. And I was about to turn back to my own concerns when I recognized something familiar in that figure. The red scarf, the clear plastic bag with the white border, the mismatched shoes. Dear Lord, I whispered, 
That's Helen. I watched as she limped by and turned up the street, looking for somewhere to curl up and sleep for the night. My mind had always dismissed the sight of street people in seconds, but I could not expel the picture of Helen. That night, as I lay on my deluxe temperature-controlled bed, I couldn't sleep. A voice kept asking, where's Helen sleeping tonight? No street person had ever interfered with my sleep before, but the shadowy figure with the red scarf and the clear bag and the mismatched shoes had followed me home. I had made a fatal mistake. I had learned her name. I want names. You have someone in mind. I want names. You say you care. You say you love people. We're commanded to go. We're commanded to plant seeds, to pray for people, to encourage people, reach out to people, forgive, accept. Dots start getting connected and we stop thinking about these things in an academic term and start putting them into use in our lives. You know, and just like me, you say, oh, I'm happy in my comfort zone. I don't want to get around my comfort zone. You know what I would tell you? You don't have to. You really don't have to get out of your comfort zone. That restaurant that you love to go to, God can use you right there. That gym that you go to three days a week, that job that you've been going to for 10 years, God has you right where he wants you. There are people in your comfort zone they need to be introduced to Jesus. You've been sent to go right where you are. You know, the dot always comes back to us because we can't affect, we can't influence, we can't disciple anyone if we're not willing to get to know that person and have a relationship with that person. Part of going is taking the time and the effort to invest in, in lives of others. Will you go? Here's the second thing. Will you go so that others can hear? And how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? Paul is making the case that as Christians, we have a story to tell. You have a story to tell. When you signed up to be a follower of Jesus, when you declared that Jesus is the Lord of your life, you agreed to tell people your Jesus story. Quite often you'll hear Romans 10, which I had on the screen earlier, uh, quoted uh, right before a baptism, talking about you know, confessing with our mouth that Jesus is Lord. And we do that. I do that usually. I think it's right. I think it's appropriate. But I don't think Paul ever meant that to be a one-time statement. I don't think Paul, would, in writing, was saying, I'm going to write this so someone has something to say right before they baptize someone. I think what Paul is saying is, we confess Jesus with our mouth, but we also confess Jesus with our lives. It's a lifestyle. Our lives should be pointing people to the Lord. You know, we're constantly letting others know what Jesus has done in our lives. Because what we value, we share with the world. I love Colossians. I love Colossians 1, 28 and 29. Paul says this, So everywhere we go, we tell everyone about Christ. We warn them and teach them with all the wisdom God has given us. For we want to present them to God perfect in their relationship to Christ. I work very hard at this, 
as I depend on Christ's mighty power that works within me. I want you to notice the pronouns that Paul uses in that passage. And I was thinking about that verse, and I was thinking about that verse kind of in the context of, of this sermon in this series, and I got thinking, what if we put some names there in place of those pronouns? No, what if we made it a little bit more personal? So everywhere we go, we tell everyone about Christ. What if we took the we out? What if you put your name there? So everywhere Tim goes, Tim tells everyone about Christ. So everywhere Keith goes, Keith tells everyone about Christ. So everywhere Angela goes, Angela tells everyone about Christ. Does it feel a little awkward? Does it feel a little hypocritical? For that matter, let's, let's take everyone out and put a name in. What name? Well, the name you have in mind. Someone that God's put on your heart. So everywhere Tim goes, he tells Brian about Christ. So everywhere Tim goes, he tells Trina about Christ. He tells the guy Jiffy Loop about Christ. Again, does it feel a little awkward? We warn them and teach them with all the wisdom God has given us, for we want to present them to God perfect in their relationship to Christ. We want to present them to God perfect in their relationship to Christ. That's the goal. That's the dots we're trying to connect. Our goal is to connect people with Jesus. The people have to hear. And we've got to speak. They need to hear us. You know, how many people in your orbit have you talked to about politics, the stock market, sports, your kids, the weather? But they have never heard you mention the name of Jesus. At the very end of Mark chapter 1, there's this great story where Jesus heals a man who has leprosy. And we're familiar, at least, with the context of leprosy in that culture and the... the uh, the seriousness of that disease. These people were completely ostracized. They had to leave their home, their family, their loved ones. Um, they had to shout unclean, you know, if they saw anyone approaching. Mothers would snatch up their kids and go to the other side of the street when they approached. And Jesus heals this man. He takes the leprosy away. And right after the miracle, right after the healing, Jesus looks this guy in the eye and he says, I want you to do me a favor. I don't want you to tell anyone what I just did. Don't tell anyone. And you know what that guy did? He did exactly what I would do. <laughs> he told everyone. He told everyone about Jesus. Now here's my point. I'm not, I'm not condoning disobedience. I'll let the Lord handle that. But here's my point. And we talked about this in our Wednesday night class. Jesus commanded that man, do not open your mouth. Jesus has commanded us, Open your mouth. I want you to open your mouth. I want you to tell everyone what I have done in your life. We've all got a story. We've all got a great Jesus story. Will you go so that others can hear? And then finally, ultimately, will you go so that God will save? 
Again, the anchor text. For anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on Him to save them unless they believe in Him? And how, they, how can they believe in Him if they've never heard about Him? And how can they hear about Him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? Those of you in the room this morning who are Christians, I'm assuming that's most of us, I want you to think about your Jesus journey for a minute. I want you to think about how you came to Christ, how you came to know Jesus. In fact, I'm going to ask for a show of hands. How many of you would say, I came to Jesus because of some big event? Like it was a revival somewhere, or I watched a TV show, uh, or I got, a, I got a pamphlet in the mail and I read it. Somebody spent a lot of money doing something, and that's how I was introduced to Jesus. Anyone that way? There are a few, I'm sure. That's me, Matt, I'm sorry. How many of you, though, would say, I came to Jesus because someone that I love, someone that cared about me, maybe a parent, a grandparent, a wife, a boyfriend, a neighbor, a co-worker, somebody that cared about me modeled Jesus for me. Somebody that had a relationship with me told me about Jesus. How many of you came to Christ that way? Yeah. That's the power of relationships. That's the power of being in each other's lives. We understand it. That investment of time and energy, it, it means something. Cal Thomas said, love talked about is easily ignored. Love demonstrated, it's irresistible. So we pray, we reach out, forgive one another, encourage one another, accept one another. And then we let God do his thing. Will you go? Will you go so that others can hear? Will you go so that God can save? Listen, we're all different. I get that. We got different characteristics, different strengths, different weaknesses, different likes and dislikes. We're all unique. We're all different. God knows that too. God's the one who made us different. And people that know you probably say you're known for something. You know, your, your friends, your family, you're probably known for something. Oh, she's the creative one. He's the reader. No, he, he's the funny guy. She's the, she's the smart one. Um, you know, he's the serious gamer. You know, we're all known for something, right? Again, God is going to use that. He's going to put people in your lives. He already has that you are perfectly situated to talk about Jesus with. To use your strengths. He knows what you're known for. You know what else he knows? He knows what your greatest need is. Most of you are familiar with the famous Max Licato quote, if our greatest need had been information, God would have sent an educator. If our greatest need had been technology, God would have sent us a scientist. If our greatest need had been money, God would have sent us an economist. But since our greatest need is forgiveness, God sent us a Savior. That's why Jesus came, to seek and to save the lost. So, what happens when we connect the dots? What happens when, when we pray, when we reach out to someone, 
when we encourage someone, when we forgive, when we accept, what, what's God going to do with that? I have no idea. But I know it will be more than I'm asking, and I'm confident that it will be more than I imagine he'll do. So, I was trying to think of how to wrap up this series. And I don't know if this is going to work or not, but we're going to try it. You all were handed two cards when you came in this morning. Why don't you take those two cards out? If somehow you got missed, there's some more in the lobby. You can pick some up afterwards. Why don't you take those two cards out? I am trusting that God has put someone on your heart uh, through this series, through this, through this, uh, uh, this month. Maybe it's a person that you've been thinking about for a long, long time. Maybe not. Maybe it's someone that you know exactly what you need to do. Or you have no idea what to do next. That's okay. On one of those cards, I want you to write someone's name that God's put on your heart. To reach out to, to encourage, to forgive, whatever it might be. By the way, this card is for you. Don't show it to anybody else. No one else is going to see this card. This is for you. It's just someone that I know that I need to forgive, I need to encourage, I need to tell my Jesus story to. I feel like God's put them in my path. I want you to write their name on that card. Then stick it in your pocket, stick it in your purse, take it home, put it someplace where you will see it. Nobody else. And again, I'm going to challenge you to pray for that name on that card. That's your card. That second card is our card. Here's what I want you to do with the second card. I want you to write the same name, but not the name. Just the initials. I just want you to write the initials of the person you put on your card, or the people, if it's more than one. Or maybe just a first initial. doesn't matter. Because here's the important part. We, as a church family... We want to pray for the people that God's put on your heart. So here's how we're going to try to do this. This is why I said I'm not sure this is going to work. In the lobby, there's a bulletin board with a whole bunch of push pins. I want you to take that second card sometime when you leave here today between class and uh, worship. Um, I want you to take that second card and I want you to pin it to the bulletin board. And there might be 10 cards on there. There might be 100. I have no idea. And tell you the truth, it doesn't matter. But if you feel confident that you love uh, this body enough to allow us to pray for who God's put on your heart, stick your card on that bulletin board. And then, this is the real important part, before you leave today, you're all staying for class, right? Sure. Before you leave today, I want you to take your phone and take a picture of that bulletin board. So you have a picture of a whole bunch of cards with initials on it. And I want you to pray over that picture this week. You don't know who put the card up. You don't know who the initials stand for. You have no idea what the need is. Guess what? God does. God knows exactly what's on your heart. And he knows exactly what's needed in the heart and the life of the person whose initials you've put on that card. And I want us as a family to be praying for you and the person that God has put in your path. I have no idea what God's going to do with that. 
It'll be more than we ask. It'll be more than we imagine. So, I'm going to give you just a minute or two. Write a name down on your card. Write an initial down on that second card. And then I'm going to close this with a prayer. Father, there's a lot of names that have been written. There are a lot of initials that have been put down on cards. Would you remind each of us that, that uh, all we have is Jesus? And we're trying to point people to Jesus. And Father, in whatever way you can use us to help connect others to Him, we want to be used. Despite our fears, our doubts, our busy lives, all of those things that keep us from going and from doing, we're asking for courage. We're asking for opportunity. Help us take the risk. We're asking you to soften some hearts and to accomplish what, what we might have concluded could never be done. And Father, thank you for sending someone to tell us about Jesus. Especially thank you for sending him. It's in his name that I pray. Amen. Let's go ahead and be standing and we'll have a song of encouragement.